This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by Aminogenesis. Aminogenesis was started to provide the best that good science, testing, and research could provide. Their motto is take care of your vessel. I am very excited to share about the product that I used from them. It is called My Perfect Tattoo. I have color tattoos, but I also have black and white, and it was never a concern of mine, except lately, especially with summer coming, to be in the sun. And now with their product, The Perfect Tattoo, they make sure that your expensive art looks awesome at all times. But that's not the only thing that they have. Make sure to go to their website, www.aminogenesis.com. They have exceptional options that are just for you. And everything is categorized and very simple and easy to shop. They have your must-have basics that are everything from restoring lotion, therapeutic facial repair, deep cleansing gel, and they have a great under-eye rescue. They have damage control that helps with all anti-aging serums and day creams. They have super serums, and they even have a section for special and fun. And for today's listeners, you can go on their website at www.aminogenesis.com and you can use the special discount code just for a little bit of life and use the code TABITHA20. This is good for 20% off your entire order. Again, take care of your vessel and order today with Aminogenesis at www.aminogenesis.com. Welcome to Little Bit of Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in that have impacted me along the way. Very little is left off limits. Enjoy on your favorite streaming platform, watch live videos of interviews on YouTube, and let's dive into some topics together. Hey guys, welcome into another episode, Little Bit of Life Podcast. I am your host, Little. I have another amazing guest. Every guest that comes on this podcast is incredible. His name is Joel, and he started a new company called Finish the Race. They are an apparel company that inspires. And the best part is all of his life motivation, his disappointments, and all of his setbacks have gotten him to where he is today. When we think about growing up and our parents raising us, they want us to do the very best that we can, which includes passing that SAT, making sure you go to a great college. But what happens once we get into college and we realize, maybe this just isn't for me? And what happens to our life when we think we have it all figured out? It seems to flip upside down. Are we really taking that inspiration and the motivation from ourselves? And what are we doing with it? Sit back and really enjoy today's interview with me and Joel from Finish the Race Apparel. Hey guys, welcome in another episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast with your host, Little. As you can tell, uh, we're repping the same gear, which I'm pretty excited. And I have the founder of this amazing company on with me today, Joel. Joel, how's it going? Welcome in. Hey, hey, it's going well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm really excited to have you on. When we talk about our social expectations, and for those that are listening, do you feel like you were raised with like, you have to get good grades, you have to go to college, then after college, it's marriage and kids and the white picket fence. And if you've ever been down that line, you're kind of like, eh, I kind of went off track a couple times because it just wasn't what I was thinking or feeling at the time. 
this episode is to tell you that it's okay. It's okay to divert and go a different route as long as you get on the path that works best for you. So Joel, give us a little bit of a backstory about your life. Why are you on today? What are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about everything. I think, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> kind of how I got to where I am and, and how this company FTR got started. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I kind of grew up a little bit off of that, that path that you're talking about. Um, we grew up, you know, we were pretty um, pretty poor growing up, so we used to get a lot of, like, our food and stuff from food banks and things. Didn't have a lot of stuff. We were homeschooled um, until... I was around like sixth grade when my dad got sick and my mom had to get a job. So they put us in regular school. And so I think throughout all that time, like even though, you know, my mom did a great job of teaching us everything there, that kind of direction of like where to go next and kind of following that path um, was never really quite laid out. I don't think I ever really fit that exact, that exact mold. Um, but, you know, always got the encouragement to like keep trying to go, go to high school, go to college. These are the things you can do. But I think my brain never quite processed that, you know, mm-hmm. I think that like for me, it took me a long time to figure out like what I was passionate about, what made me excited, where I wanted to be. And I think that from that, I had a lot of ups and downs and I've tried a little bit of everything. Honestly, I've worked in construction and kitchen remodeling. I've worked in restaurants as a bartender. I've been a bouncer or for a grocery store. One time I helped someone in a dentist's office, like all sorts of random <laughs> stuff that eventually got me to where I am now, um, where I'm a, I'm a physician in North Carolina. Uh, so it's been quite a, quite a journey. That sounds like a journey. So how do you go from finding of, you know, I'm not really sure what I want to do, what I'm passionate about, to being a physician? Like <laughs> that takes a lot of uh, schoolwork and focus and responsibility and just making sure that you know exactly what you're doing. So I mean, did you always kind of at that point dream of being a physician or how did you get to where you are now? Actually, not even a little bit, which is kind of odd (laughs) that I went through all this school because I think, you know, when you go into this application process to go into medical school or whatever, you're, you're kind of, you know, applying with a bunch of people that are like, this is everything I've always dreamed of. And I'm like, I'm like, I just discovered this like two weeks ago, but here I am. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, when I, when I, what I was trying to say, you know, when I explained to people is like, I think a lot of times when you are following kind of that path and you're sort of taught to like, you know, dream big, you can go have these things, right? You can get this house and the picket fence, you can have this job. And I think for a, a lot of time when, when we were younger, um, even though I think my parents did such a good job of like encouraging us and, and getting us to dream. I think that just because of our lifestyle, we were stuck in survival mode a lot where at mm-hmm. each step of the way, our main goal was, you know, how do, how are we surviving here? Um, and when I was in like sixth grade, uh, when my dad ended up getting cancer and he eventually passed away from it. And my mom was kind of trying to run the show four kids by herself working, you know, taking care of, everything that we need, we kind of fell into a little bit more of that survival mode, I think, where it was just like, I started thinking, I'm like, how can I make some money? Um, I want to eventually be able to get like a cell phone because those were coming out whenever I was in school or get a car or something. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no way I'm going to get those things if I can't find a way to generate that income. So I think I was just always trying to survive and never really took a second to step back and think about like, what are, what am I passionate about? What am I excited about? What's my skill set? What could I do? Um, so I think in that in that time, one of the mistakes that we can often make when we're in survival mode is is everything that we do starts to be very self focused. In um, like, hey, like I need this, I need that, I got to do this. This is the things I need. 
And so I didn't, I didn't really get an opportunity to kind of stay, take a step back and think about like, you know, what, what could I be for the people around me, for the world around me? Like, what is, what is my, what are my skills and, and what can I bring to the world if I'm not just focusing on me and surviving? And so I think that came a lot later. Um, so I think, you know, there's probably a part of me that always really wanted to be involved in like helping other people. But yeah, I didn't even think about, you know, becoming a physician until I went back to college for like the third time in uh, 2012. <laughs> I think it's good to point out um, so many of us, I think uh, when we have that family structure and support of the support system and the encouragement, but when you go into that field of medicine, you're surrounded by people, like you said, that have planned this, I swear, since the day they were born, like their parents are, you know, physicians and surgeons and pharmacists. And so you're kind of going up against these people that you're like, wow, like you're really smart, which can also really start to like affect your mental health. It kind of can affect, you know, your, your self-esteem and stuff like that. So tell us how was, how was med school? Like, I'm, I'm so intrigued to know, like from somebody who shows up like, Hey, I just found this up two weeks ago. I'm just showing up. Like, did you struggle a lot in school or was it something that it just kind of came naturally? So I think honestly, by the time I got to med school, I think, you know, I had really hit a groove. Um, but I definitely did not, you know, I don't think I had quite experienced that level of competitiveness before. I think, I think when I really struggled, um, was kind of getting to that point. So when I graduated high school in 2007, my mom is the one who applied for college for me. I didn't, like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't, I wanted to work, like I was working in kitchen remodeling and I had a job as a bartender. I was making a ton of money for like where we were in life. So I didn't want to go to school and she kind of like applied and enrolled me in uh, Rutgers, like one of the satellite campuses at Rutgers in Camden, New Jersey. And it's funny because because of that, she signed me up with a username that I had as an email that I made when I was 12 years old. And that followed me all the way through med school. I couldn't get rid of it because I went to Rutgers Medical School eventually. And so they had me in their system. They would not let me change my name. So everyone had like grown up names and mine was like Adidas 12 at Yahoo. <laughs> so, uh, but I think, you know, when I first went to uh, college out of, out of high school, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. And again, I had never taken a step back to look at what doors could open if, you know, I found something I was passionate about and pursued that. So I just kind of messed around. Um, I worked a ton. I barely went to class. I failed out after like, I think two semesters to the first year. Um, and then I just like started working more. And then my mom was always kind of giving me a little bit of a nudge, like, Hey, like you should go back. Like, especially like if you want to live at home, you know, I would encourage you, like, you know, I want you to be in school. Uh, so I think she was trying to show me like, Hey, doors can open if you go to school, but we never, like my brain just didn't process it. So I tried to go back again. Um, and I was like, you know, I'll do physical therapy because I got really into like working out and being fit. So I was like, well, I, I, my grades suck at Rutgers. So what if I just go to another school? And like, I'm so unaware of how things work sometimes that it's like, I was like, I'll just go to a new school and they won't even know that I sucked over here <laughs> and I'll just start crying. So I go to like a community school, but like the same problems happen. I was so bored. I was like, oh, I hate this. Like, I don't want to go. I just want to make money. So I made it one semester. I just stopped going to class. I failed like three different courses. I got a D in one because I actually showed up and took the final and like, that is, this is two of my four college experience. So I just had that again. I went back to Rutgers eventually um, at my mom's prodding, like, go back. You can, you can still do it. And I tried for like two months, but then same thing. I failed out. So I had already failed out of college three times, like long before I even got on the path of, of medicine. So it definitely wasn't coming natural to me. 
but I think that like sometimes when you're, when you're trying to change your life, right? Like when something happens and for me, it was, you know, working these jobs and realizing like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not really getting to the places that I want to be as much as I love, like working with my hands and building stuff. And it's like, I feel kind of stuck where I'm at. And mm -hmm. my mom and I were like talking one time and I got this kind of crazy opportunity to go to North Carolina and try to get into school, um, at East Carolina or was an undergrad. And, uh, we were just kind of chatting about it and it was like, I sort of thought about it. I was like, look, I've never really taken a risk. If you think about it, like this whole story that I have, like, even though we were poor and stuff, it's like I had, I lived with my mom. Like I had a home, I was safe. I made money doing whatever. I didn't have to like step out and see what I was made of, right? Like what would happen if you put me out there by myself? If it was sink or swim, would I still slack off and just be like, oh, I'll just settle for making like, you know, 30,000 here and I'm 18, I'm 19, it's plenty of money. Or would I like really dig deep and see what I was made of? So that's kind of what I wanted to do. So I moved down to North Carolina. So by the time it came time for med school, I had already really dug my feet into the ground. And I was like, I'm going to find out like what I'm made of, what I'm passionate for and, and, uh, you know, take that as far as I can go. Um, so when I started that, you know, down in North Carolina, it started opening all these crazy doors. So I think by the time I got into med school, I had really hit my stride. Um, but I do think there's a big difference between me and a lot of the people that I was around, you know, I think that mm -hmm. there's a natural tendency to be really competitive and to want to be the best. And I think that that's like pretty, that's cool, right? Like if you're in a sport and whatever, you want to be great. But I always looked at it like a little bit different. Like I never care about anybody around me is doing. I don't pay attention to it for a second. And even still now, like, you know, even being in as a physician in a residency, you have people around you that are still going to be smarter than you. Right. Um, and I think you can get really lost in that. Like if you're mm -hmm. too worried, you can start to drown being like, dang, like I'm surrounded by brilliance all the time. Like, can I stack up? Like, I just never, ever really looked at it that way. It's like, look, I, I'll bring whatever I have to the table on any given day. That's what I got in me. That's what I'm bringing to the table. And so, you know, not worrying about what everyone else is doing. So I think that helped me a lot kind of going throughout the, the journey. that mm -hmm. I went on. Yeah. It's a good mindset to have. I think in a world where, it's almost keeping up with the Joneses. We're always, you know, competing and comparing. I think that's one of our big issues in life. And I love that you had that mindset, even going into it of this is what I have to give. And if it works great, there's going to be people that are better than me, but you didn't quit. And I think that probably that shift of your mindset is really what pushed you forward and achieving and graduating and now being a physician and doing everything that, you know, even 10 years ago, five years, you'd be like, I'd never imagined that I would be here. And that's the reason we're doing this episode is because I feel so many of us are, we're really hard on ourselves in the areas that we probably shouldn't be. We should actually be, you know, mentally speaking to ourselves as positive as possible and realizing, you know, like you said, there's always going to be somebody that has more than you. There's always going to be somebody that's smarter than you, but you also have your own talents. And that's why we're doing this episode. I mean, I'll be brutally honest, it's probably one of my perks and problems at the same time. I know I have a lot to offer, but I'm always like, oh, well, there's somebody else that's doing this and I'm just not in that groove. But I feel like, especially with social media and everything being so relevantly at our fingertips, it's easy to compare versus actually just being grateful for what we have. So when we're talking about this company that we're repping, which by the way, if you have not, like after this episode, you have to follow and order because I hands down. This is not a promotional ad. This is not a kickback. This is the most comfortable apparel I have ever worn in my life. I'm pretty sure our neighbors probably think this is the only shirt and hoodie and sweatpants I own now. Um, I think also my boyfriend has tried stealing the hoodie and it didn't fit. So I was like, yes, 
that's mine. So what made you go from a physician and, you know, having a career to launching your own apparel line? Like there's nothing that is <laughs> off limits for you. Oh man, this, this was, I feel like I could ramble about this forever. This is uh, this is a story. Um, so, you know, you know, after all of this, this big journey to get into med school, right. To come from, you know, failing out of college and being kind of a little bit of a bum, honestly, to, to push myself, get into to med school. I was like, you know, riding the super high um, where it was just like, Hey, like now I really feel like there are no limits. Like I'm going to see how far I can take this thing. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of ominous, but like a little bit before this major life event that kind of spawned this company occurred, I was uh, talking to a friend's dad of mine and he was like, you know, it's just crazy like to see where you are right now. And then he kind of got real serious for a second. He was like, I just want to like remind you, you know, like, you know, sometimes in life you're like all the way up here, you're on the top of the world. And he was like, you know, it very rarely stays that way. Um, but he's like, I want you to, to realize that if you ever end up down here again, like now, you know, the way out, you know, a path through. And it was not long after that, that I was playing football, just messing around uh, with some people from my school. And I had this freak fluke accident um, where I ended up getting like a traumatic brain injury. Um, I got hit and knocked out in the air and then my legs got clipped out from under me. So I'm like unconscious and I flipped and hit the ground smack and just got completely just jacked up and, and was having like all of a sudden out in the middle of nowhere, like I couldn't read anymore. Like I could see letters and I couldn't get my brain. It was like someone was shining a light in my eyes. So, you know, I'm three months into med school now, like the, the best things have ever gone for me. I had just gotten married for the first time. Uh, I got a place to live. I'm in med school. I'm on track to everything I want. And all of a sudden it's just like things exploded. And now I'm like, I can't read. I got like all sorts of like mental health stuff, like really anxious. I had never really been that anxious and I was just so anxious and it just like messed with my mind. I couldn't like, couldn't figure out where to go, what to do. And on top of that, I can't even read. So I'm like, how do I get back into school? What do I do? Where do I go? Um, and so it took me like actually a couple of years to, to recover from this. And through all that process, I think I kept kind of having these like ups and downs, but was sort of trending down. And uh, in about 2018, I hit like complete rock bottom where it was like I had seen multiple neurologists and they were like, I don't I don't know if you're going to make it back. Like you do have some like appearingly permanent damage uh, it might affect your ability. I don't think you're going to make it back to medical school. I had gotten divorced from that first marriage because of how crazy life went and things were just like at an all time low. And so when I was there, I was remember I was sitting in the parking lot of my gym. And I was just like, dang, like I, I had thought multiple times about like, do I even want to be alive anymore? Like, should I just take, like, try to end all of this? Because like, I, I got everything. I was there. I had worked so hard. I got everything I, I could ever have wanted and always dreamed of. It. And just like that, it's all gone. So I don't know where to go from here. And that was when I really like, I kind of started thinking about my dad a lot. Cause like, man, like, you know, I'm still alive and I'm the one that's thinking now about like, do I even want to be anymore? Like, should I end that? Mm -hmm. And I wonder what it must have felt like to be him, right? Having a family, having four kids, he was working on his career, you know, he was starting to elevate himself and then all of a sudden get this like terminal diagnosis. And I was like, you know, what's crazy is like right now I'm like at rock bottom, I'm depressed. I can't like, you know, my brain is a disaster. And I'm like, I never saw that from him. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, how the heck? Like, how the hell do you do that? How do you go? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you have all your dreams taken away from you? And, and all I can remember, and I even checked myself. I was like, am I remembering this wrong? Like, just like, <laughs> like you know, hazy glasses because it was so long ago. It was my dad. It was my hero. But I was like, no, like, I really feel like throughout that time, the type of character that he had going through 
this major illness was just so different from how I felt I was handling the situation, right? Where I just like, I couldn't get my feet under me. So I started to really like kind of dissect, like, how did he do that? Like, what is, like, what separates him from other people that go through disaster and fall apart like I was doing? And I remember like, we would be places, and this used to be so annoying. I can't even tell you how annoying this was, but like, we would be somewhere <laughs> and like, this, this man would like stop. If we're like driving down the road, he would like stop if like a car was stopped. Like, hey, what do you need? Do you need help? He would like take us around the neighborhood and we'd like do people's yard work for them. And I'm like, yo, we're poor. Why are we doing free work for people? Like all the time. I'm like, I don't want to do, <laughs> do this stuff. And, and I was like, wow, that was like who he is, like was, right? Like even in the midst of your whole life falling apart, all your dreams falling apart, you don't know what's going to happen with your family, with your kids. You're still taking the time to help other people around you. And I was like, dang, like. I really feel like, like, I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you're like, ooh, I missed the mark on something. We just kind of like. <laughs> quite a few of those. Yeah, quite a few of those. I think I stopped counting for a while. Yeah, been yeah, there, done that. Exactly. And that's how I thought. It was almost honestly like an embarrassing feeling where I was like sitting in the gym and I was like, oh, like I've missed the mark big time. I was, I was like, man, I, for as much as I think my life has been difficult, I've been given so much and I had the opportunity to go get everything I wanted and I got it. And what I did with that was really nothing. Like, to be honest, my first initial goal for going to med school, as much as I'd love to say, was that I really wanted to help people and because my dad was sick. I really went after it because I wanted to be successful or what I thought meant success. And I was like, you know, I could make more money than my family ever knew. And I wouldn't have to worry about any stuff. And that was really like, I, I've actually never admitted this out loud, I don't think. So this will be the first time. But my first pass. If your family is listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is actually here because we just got a house. And so she's helping us through. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that my first time around, my first pass, that was really it. It's like I was doing it all for me. And I was like, wow, I missed the mark. And I was like, and now I see what happens when you when you work so hard and you, you acquire all the things you want. And you've also been given so much. And and all you do is focus on yourself. Then when you lose that, right, when something happens, because you might not always lose everything, but stuff is going to come up and you're going to get challenged. And when you lose all that, like, what do what do you have left? All these things that you built, if you use it all on yourself, I felt like, man, now I'm left with nothing because, you know, mm -hmm. I could have done so much more. So I remember right then in that moment, I challenged myself. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't care what anyone said, I've done this once, I'm going to do it again, I'm going to come back, and this time I'm going to do it the right way, and when I get to where I want to be, it's not going to be about me, the things that I do, right, it's not going to be about me being the best, competing with people, it's not going to be about being successful, it's all going to be about how do people feel when they leave an interaction with me, right, like, do, do you feel heard, do you feel listened to, do you feel like you have somebody in your corner that's out there to help you, even if you don't know, and so it started, it started kind of like that, where I was like, I want to do something where it has nothing to do with me where I'm not really benefiting from it. I'm just giving, I'm giving myself an outlet to try to really show the people around me and the world around me that like, you can still be successful and have all the things you want while prioritizing making the world better. Um, so I thought about like how I'd like to have a reminder of that. And so I thought about um, when my dad was sick and he was going through people, I used to say that he like finished his race when he passed away. Cause it was, it was like a biblical thing. Um, and there's like, a scripture verse that says that and like, you know, so I started thinking about that. I was like, man, it'd be cool if I could like have, make myself like a shirt or something to wear. So like when I start to feel selfish or like, I want to do something different, I can remind myself like, Hey, you were at the bottom and you promised yourself that when you got back to the top, that you were going to do more to help the people around you, that you're going to do more and challenge yourself to be a better type of person than you ever thought you could be. So I was like, Ooh, I know some friends that are also struggling. So like, I'll make a shirt. 
I'll print it up and I'll give it to them too because I know some people that are going through tons of stuff. And then it just started to snowball from there where I was like talking to my brother. And he was like, I gotta be honest, I love this idea, but like, what if we just did bigger? He's like, what if we just made it like a real company and we just made it a nonprofit and we just donated all the money? And it's like, he has a job, I have a career. We're like, we don't need the money. So what if we just like gave it away? And it just started to snowball from there. So I was like, well, I don't know how to make clothes, do you? Like, all our clothes were, like, handouts that we got, like, passed down the chain. He was like, no, no, I'm the business guy. I don't know how to make clothes. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll just learn. So now I'm back in school, right? I get back. I eventually get back in. Things are going well. And at nighttime, like, before I go to bed, I'm hopping on YouTube. And I'm like, how do you design clothing? Or, like, how do you <laughs> Photoshop? And so just every day for, like, you know, it took, it took, like, a year probably to get things really together between finding, like, how to get shirts made and, like, what type of print do you use? How do I design stuff? Just going and going and going and just challenging myself to learn. And I think, like, that's time that I would have used in my old life, like, playing video games, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. but like, or, like, you know, doing something I want. I was like, you know, I'm going to use some of this extra time to try to make, you know, the world what I want it to be, what I think it could be. Um, so yeah, just challenging myself to keep learning and growing. And then it, again, just snowballed until we were able to actually get things off the ground. That's awesome. I always tell people when your body is hungry, you have to fuel it. When you have a passion for something, you have to fuel that passion. And I have so many people even starting this podcast. I mean, it's about to turn a year old, which amazes me, but it took me over a little bit of a year just to dive in. Like you said, the late nights, the YouTube, the Googling, you know, I still find pieces of paper. I'm like, I really had to look that up, man. I was like diving deep into this for sure. But it's something where if you're listening to this and you have a passion for something, Never tell yourself that you're not good enough. Never tell yourself that you're too busy. Never tell yourself that I don't have enough money to start this. Because if you have a passion for something, the doors will open no matter what it is. But like Joel said, you have to put in the work and you have to have that. You have to fuel your passion just like you fuel the hunger of your body. It doesn't come easy. So many people, you know, now they're like, I'm going to start a business. Now, what do I do? Well, you have to take the time and teach yourself. Almost like with you, you know, teaching yourself how to read again, how to just do the normal daily things in order to have a passion to be better, you have to focus and make yourself be better. And it takes a lot of steps. And I'll be honest, sometimes those nights are not easy where you're like, I just want to quit. This is lame. I just want to go out to dinner with my friends. Or like you said, I want to play a video game or I just want to binge watch a show on Netflix. But keep centered because at the end of the day, like he said, it not only pays off for you, but it's going to affect so many people within your circle. Do you think that's kind of that mental shift of that you changed from being all about you and that's what you wanted your career to being for other people? Do you think that's what ultimately pushed your success? I do, yeah. I think that, that there were moments where, you know, I think that it's hard because, like, we obviously, like, you know, me and myself, when I was doing really well prior to the entry, like, I wanted to believe that, like, this was all me, that, like, I had enough in me that you, I couldn't be stopped, right? There were no limits. I could just keep going. And I hate saying that out loud because it's so dang arrogant, but that's how I felt <laughs> at that time. And, and when you, when I got to the point where I was like, you know, I had nothing. I was literally like sleeping in the downstairs of my brother's house. I didn't have my house anymore. I had got divorced. I was in like a ton of debt. I didn't think I was going to be able to go back to school, which means I was never going to pay for this debt. And I was like, you know, it started to frustrate me because people would be like, oh, like you can't quit. Don't quit. And like, that's such a cool idea. Right. And I love it. And mm -hmm. I, I am so guilty of also saying that. It's like, oh, no, you can't stop. Like, don't stop fighting. I post about this all the time on FTR. It's like, don't give up. But 
I think what's hard when you're in that moment, I think now it's really easy to try to encourage people. But when you're in that moment, someone's like, you got to keep fighting. I was like, I remember one time someone told me that and I like lost it. I like, I started crying. I was like, you don't understand. I don't have anything left. I literally couldn't fight if I wanted to. And that's why like one of our shirts that we have, it says crawl if you have to. And there have been variations of that like sentiment used throughout history. Um, But for me, what it meant was like, I remember I hit that moment where I was like, I cannot, I literally couldn't fight to get the things that I wanted back if I wanted to. I have no juice left. I was like, I I could barely crawl. Like that's all I could, I could do. And so I think like, you know, going through that and being like, oh man, like I don't have enough, but I started to watch how people around me start to rally. And I was like, yo, you know, like, that's what I want to be for other people. It's like, when you don't have enough, and I'll tell like people I know this now, I'm like, listen, you give everything you have. If you don't have enough, I will pick you up. I will literally carry you as far as I can. Like, we're going to do this together. It's not going to be just you. It's never going to be just you. You're going to give everything you have. But like, I always got your back. And I think that was the shift for me where I was like, man, like, I don't have it anymore. I don't have the juice to keep going. But I had family that was like, no, we got you, right? Like, my brother let me live in his the downstairs of his house. Like, he had a whole family there. That was hard to have a random person just, like, in your house. For a whole year, I was there, you know? And, like, his, his kids lost space. His wife had just, like, his random brother around, you know? But he, you know, he did that. And I was like, man, like, at these critical moments where I had, you know, lost everything and I could have kept it that way, I felt like there was somebody there. I was like, no, no, not today. I got you today. And then the next day I'd be like, no, 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 this other person, I got you today. And I was like, that to me was a switch where it's like, yo, what if I just like, didn't have to be the best? What if I just like was who I was and I gave it everything I had. And I was okay with the fact that like, you know, at some point someone might need to carry me a little bit. And then I'm going to do that for somebody else down the road. I think that shift Mm -hmm. made, made a huge difference for me where I could really step back and start to see a huge picture of like, man, like it's not just cheesy, like having people's back, having a community and and knowing that you're supported and and that you don't have to do it all yourself is really nice. Mm -hmm. For those that are listening that may kind of be in the same situation, maybe you're listening and you've hit rock bottom or you're pretty close to it and you're like, I need to get out of this, but I don't have that support system. What kind of encouragement or advice would you give somebody? Because I know when it comes to, you know, when we're trying to live our passion or even just live day to day life, your support system and your community that surrounds you is ultimately going to push you to either be stuck, as I always say, or be better. If you're hanging out with those individuals that, you know, they're just comfortable, they're comfortable being stagnant, you're probably not going to go and excel and exceed as far as you want to based on you don't have that support system or the encouraging people around you saying, you know what, I see you doing this. Now I want to be better. Let's be better together. So what advice would you give for anyone that's listening that may not have a good support system right now? I think I would say like, hey, like challenge yourself to really dig into what you're passionate about and and looking forward and trying to picture like what you want to be and who you want to be and what you really believe in. I think like for me at the end of the day, I believe that I could, that I was going to make it like, I believe that when I got this second chance and I wasn't going to waste it this time that I could do a lot. And so that kind of helped to carry me right to, to China. Like I could see it. I was passionate about it. I was like, now I have to make it happen. And so part of that is sometimes you have to change, you know, the group of people that you're around, right? There are going to be people sometimes that think that what you're doing is insane. I had somebody that was like, Hey, this is literally like stupid. Now you're, you're just wasting more money like all this stuff. But you know, what I try to, my biggest piece of advice for people is when you're getting, especially if, if it's negative, and I think like we all get feedback on stuff, right? I'm sure you with this podcast have probably gotten some great feedback and you may have random trolls that are like, Oh, I don't, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. 
And, mm-hmm. and all of that can, you know, the great feedback is exciting, but the negative feedback can hit, it can hurt. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, when I tell people my biggest piece of advice when you're kind of in that spot is like, remember that, you know, no matter what your support system around, whether you're getting positive or negative influences, challenge yourself to surround yourself with people that are, that are, their goals are aligned with yours, right? And remember that when these negative moments come up, that that you are the one that was there at nighttime, sitting up, studying, learning how to be better for your podcast, who I'm going to talk to, how I'm going to talk, where I want to go, how to plug myself, how to grow. Those moments at nighttime when people are sleeping, you're working and challenging, and I'm trying to teach myself, like relearn how to read. Like I was the one that was there in those moments. And so I know the work that I put in. I know what I believe in. And so I know that I'm not going to be stopped by these things. I'm going to be able to keep growing. I'm going to be able to keep going. And if I'm currently not in the position where I'm getting that kind of support, I will find it, right? And I think that's where you need that little bit of extra juice. That's like, you're the one that put all the work in, you know, in the in the dark when things are sad, when things are depressing and things are hard. And so you're going to you're gonna be okay. And if your support system isn't exactly what it wants, you will find that, right? You just have to, you know, keep showing up with the best that you have in that moment and challenge yourself to keep growing. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and you just think, I don't have enough money, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I don't have this, I don't have, stop with the excuses. That's where it has to stop. Joel's been on, he had a traumatic brain injury, he didn't know how to read, and yet he still finished medical school. That is mind blowing to me. It's just incredible. Like, I'm just in awe of not only, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I went to college two, three times and just wasn't feeling it, I'd be like, I'm done. Like, I'm throwing in the towel. This isn't for me. This isn't worth it. I don't care how mad my parents get at me. It just is what it is. This is me. So I'm really appreciative that you came on the episode today and told us your story because I really hope that this episode reaches globally to that one person. That's why we do this. It might just reach that one person. I always say it's that kick in the gut that maybe somebody just needs to hear from somebody else. Of You don't have to quit. Just because something isn't working right now doesn't mean you have to quit. Try another angle, try another path, see what works best for you. I'm going to put all of your information for your apparel company in the bio because, guys, I'm telling you, I swear, this is the most comfortable stuff I've ever worn in my entire life. I mean, I'm walking around Texas probably in the same shirt every other day. Don't worry if you see me. I'm washing it all the time. But I absolutely love not only the comfortable like feel of it, but also what it stands for. I'm a huge supporter of everybody in society working together as a community and just trying to make each one of us better as we get better together. So thank you for coming on, sharing your story. You're amazing. You're that epitome of don't quit and don't give up. So I'm really grateful you came on and talked about your story today with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. I'm excited. I love seeing you wear the gear. Um, So (laughs) I can't (laughs) wait for us to keep growing and be able to donate some more money and, and just see where things go. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And I will put all your information in the bio. Like he said, they do give back. So if you're interested, if you're a company, if you have a great idea that you would like for them to work together, message them. Joel's great at responding very quickly, I might add. And uh, just send a message. And like I said, it takes a community and a team to support each other. So if you have a company or you have a nonprofit um, and you would love to reach out to their company as well, uh, definitely reach out and see where the community and the support system can go. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow today's episode on your favorite listening platform and share these stories to more that need to be in the know. Get in on the action with the podcast Facebook and follow the little adventures on Instagram at little cute one AZ. I'll catch you on the next episode.